0: You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent hey everyone it is the weekend happy friday to you all miserable weekend here in ontario canada we're getting that fall heavy fall weather right now rain and cold and dismal hence i'm wearing the thermal tonight but anyways we're not going to let that spoil us we're going to warm up the weekend uh, with you joining me tonight is uh, one of everyone's favorite guitarists, courtney cox courtney now before i ask you how you're doing and this is something i do every single week i always like to say how are you to my guests but you've had kind of a miserable past uh, couple days' experience. You've had your phone stolen. You could tell us a little bit yeah. about that.
1: <laughs> um, the, uh, me, Nikki Stringfield, and singer Kirsten Rosenberg of the Maidens were in Vegas recording our album that's coming out of covers, obviously. Right. And uh, I was staying at the Hard Rock Casino, and I actually just won $1,000 on Wheel of Fortune. Nice. And then I looked at it, and my $1,000 phone was gone.
0: <laughs> so you so canceled yes, that out.
1: Nick my phone. Yeah,
0: and people were yeah. worried about you. Um, they kind of like you disappeared off the off the uh, face of the earth for a little I bit.
1: I think I died or something. I was just worried. And then you know I was like, oh, there's gonna have to be some way I can get into anything, like Facebook or something. But I have two, you know, the authenticity verification weird thing. So I go to the Apple Store out in Vegas, and I knew it was going to be a very long process because right when I walked in, I'm like, my phone was stolen, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, did you call to schedule of an appointment? I was like, with what phone?
0: (laughs) Yeah, we just had two or three of them. It was
1: going to be an interesting. uh, Yeah, so the next three days I was phoneless and all social media
0: came to a halt <laughs> that's the thing people don't realize how attached especially you know someone like yourself a performing musician is on the road all over the place where you don't necessarily have the luxury of checking into a laptop or you know traveling with another yeah. device and that is your conduit to to banking to you know agents to clubs to, you know the, the social media world you're crippled without it
1: I mean, even with you, I was like, oh, he's probably waiting for me to get a hold
0: of him to c- confirm this spot. I was like, oh, no. Yep. I, I'll be honest with you. You can see the gray in the mustache. It went a little bit grayer because I was like, okay, so. <laughs>
1: Sorry.
0: No, no, it's okay. Um, I, I got word that you um, you had lost a phone. So I was like, okay, that's, that's doable. That's all good. But uh, I won't lie. I was a little nervous for a little bit. <laughs>
1: I mean, even being in the studio, like, you know, like the, the first day I was documenting things and, you know, I wanted to share that with, you know, fans and stuff. So it was kind of a bummer. I couldn't catch any more magic in the studio. So yeah. that was a bummer,
0: so. Now, is there anything that you lost that was valuable to you? Like, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm, like I, I'm an iPhone guy as well. Too. We're all iPhones here in the house and, and iPads and stuff like that. And not all of us have our things shared to the cloud and stuff like that. Did you have any personal things, like maybe some riffs and stuff like that? Did you lose anything? Uh,
1: yes, my phone obviously it was filled with riffs because you know i'm working on my album right now and just photos from the last tours and stuff but luckily my boyfriend's an it guy and I always make sure i back everything up so it is in the cloud
0: good <laughs> yes. okay good yeah that's good to have you know that advice you know friendly advice and i'm one of those people who always preaches that uh back backup back up because i i'm i work in it as well too and for my my customers and i'm telling them to do this all the time and guess who has the biggest trouble when it comes to losing stuff is me
1: <laughs> you know, so we have
0: to practice what we preach sometimes,
1: yeah. Or even it's like trying to remember all the passwords and stuff, you know. Like, even with my Apple ID, I put it in 10 times wrong and then got locked out. I know, which didn't have whole situation.
0: I know, and, and that's why I like I liked the thumbprint thing. Um, I, I especially like it for my banking, I love it for my banking because I'm horrible when I type. I'm a one finger typer on there as it is, I'm not one of these people that can like that. And when I try to type in my password to get in my bank. I type it wrong every time, and especially if someone's sending you an e-transfer here in Canada, we send e-transfers, and um, if you type it in three times, then it, you have to get them or wrong three times, you have to get them to resend it again. You're like, oh man, they got to go back to your customer and say, can you pay me again? It just totally sucks.
1: Yeah, well, even the you know the phone that was stolen was one of the new iPhones and has the facial recognition. Oh, so it is, I'm like, have fun trying to get into that. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's a kind of brick anyway now, but.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Well, I mean, the hecticness is a little bit behind you, and I promise you, we'd make a little bit of a light of that, just to kind of take some of the pressure off you, because that sucks. <laughs> it, your, your life is kind of on hold for a couple <laughs> days. All
1: day on the phone with Apple. Just like, can you just fix this, please?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's. I'm, I'm glad you're in somewhat good hands as well now, too. Uh, let's jump over to the chat for a real quick second. We've got a whole whack of people. I'm going to try to say hi as quickly as possible. And if we have some questions come out throughout the evening, I'll uh, f- uh, send those your way as well, too. Sean Close is here, Scott Ruse, Soda Pop, Scott Connor, Mike Francis, Clayton James Hicks, uh, Brock Davis, and Mel O'Brien, Mark Dillon. Um, let me see here, Snuffy, Phil uh, Parmley, Blimpus is here, Michael Madei. Uh, we've got a Quentin James is here. A lot of a lot of regulars to the show, and probably some new ones tonight as well too. Um, we're already getting comments to this. For me, five bucks. That's right. Yeah, that's right. To take their stress, and First we're getting we're getting comments on your cats already as well too. Cheese. We I don't
1: know where Pickle is. Do
0: you want to introduce? Do you want to introduce to the one we see right now?
1: Yeah, I know how to get her. She's okay. fat. So pull out the treats.
0: Oh, look at that!
1: <laughs> oh, hi, Cheese. I don't think she fall, usually she's a talker. There
0: you go. Oh, here comes here yeah. comes the other one. Oh, uh,
1: here comes Kiko. He's a little shy. <laughs> oh, there she. Is. Hi. Yeah, actually, a a fan made a Facebook account for my cat.
0: That's fantastic. It kind
1: of yeah. Yeah, that's cool.
0: <laughs> well, it's like we're going to be talking a tiny bit about Eddie Van Halen tonight, and uh, obviously uh, his dog Cody has his own Facebook page, so that's kind of cool. And you. It's
1: it's cool. It's like kind of weird at the same time. Yeah. But- yeah. I wonder if she has more likes than I do. She probably
0: does. That, that'd that okay. be kind of hard to accept, wouldn't it? Be like yeah. an eagle crusher. Sorry, that's awesome. It. I was joking with you off the air, too, saying that the cats are probably going to steal the show from us tonight. Hey, as long as people are tuning in, that's good. doesn't matter. <laughs> so let's jump into some of your guitar playing. Obviously, you know, doing a little bit of research on you. I didn't know when you'd started, and I guess you started around 13 so pretty cool age, and and we see a lot of guests come on the show, you know, some younger, some much older. I'd, I'm curious to see, like, who some of your influences were that made you kind of pick up the guitar, and we'll just kind of throw this in here, being that it's an EVH-themed show. Did Eddie Van Halen have a little place anywhere along the lines of uh, influences?
1: Okay. Um, well, starting off, Metallica was the reason I wanted to play. Nice. My, my brother was an avid metal fan. You know, me growing up in the 90s, all I had was bubblegum pop, so... It was funny, you know, I had a Backstreet Boys album and Kill 'Em All, so it was a, a weird Quite a comparison. But, you know, then I just, I would steal all of his CDs and we'd get into fights because he didn't realize they were gone until months later. And then I destroyed the CDs. But, you know, I got into King Diamond with Andy The Rock, you know, Testament, Alex Golnick, just, all, you know, that whole scene genre, you know, I was really into thrash and stuff. And then just the 80s. Metal guys like Warren D. Martini, Paul Gilbert. I mean, the top 10 standard that everyone usually lists. And uh, Eddie Van Halen, uh, of course, you know, Eruption, all that, especially for younger kids, is huge. You know, fair warning, woman and children first, all that stuff. But for me, Eddie Van Halen, the, the track he did that caught me as a musician, funny enough, was his instrumental track for the movie Twister, Respect the Wind. Nice. For me, just where my head was at tone wise with like, you know, delaying chorus or, you know, even Adrian Smith 80s tone, like that track, watching the movie of it, like, who is that? You know, and then I found out it's Eddie Van Halen, just like, just note choice. And I even go back to listen to that song now, like doing my own instrumental record, just because it's just, it, you know, some instrumental tracks now is just all chugga, chugga, shred, 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 but mm-hmm. that one is just like tells a story almost. So, yeah, for Eddie Van Hound, respect the wind was my, my jam.
0: I'm really glad you shared that because that's the first time that's ever been said here on the show. Um, and that's a, that's a great answer. And th- I also like humans being the actual title track, you know, or, or not title track, but, you know, the, from the, the, the it's soundtrack. so
1: heavy. It's simple, catchy, and heavy. Yeah. And just that riff.
0: Driving. But yeah, you, you're talking about his note choice uh, and that. And it's very moody. So obviously, you know, there's some time in your life where it was a very emotional thing for you, and, that, and it is an emotional track. You can you can kind of kind of go in different directions. You can be angry, you can be sad uh, with that with that track. That's very very cool. Good share.
1: And even even with that, he, you know, he does. You'll know, put it, he puts a shred into it, but at the perfect spots. And it's not long; it's just a quick. Like I'm still Van Halen. Here yeah. I am. Yeah, that's right. Oh well, yeah, it's so moving. Good way to.
0: Yeah, a lot of my friends here, um, like when I went to high school, um, in my local small town, you know, I'm not sure if it was, were you a small town or big city girl or what?
1: Small town outside Philadelphia. Okay. Called Delco, which is the main track off of my album right now. Okay. So, yeah, what's Delco? Like Delaware County, it's where I'm from. So if you know, uh, you know, outside Philly area, we're all Delco. So very very small factory
0: town. Well, the reason why the reason why I ask, and and it's the same here too. Very very small towns. A Canadian small towns are just a little uh, blips on the map. But you know, a lot of times, kids in school, you grew up and you're the metalhead right away. And sometimes the metal kids are kind of like centered out, like oh my god, these are the weird kids. And and that happened here as well too. Did you find that, or were you the cool kid because you were the metal kid? Oh no, um,
1: you know through school, you know, I played sports and stuff. So it was kind of a weird mix because, you know, I was that introvert kid. So music was my outlet, but at the same time, you know, I was pushed to do sports all growing up, you know, hockey, lacrosse and stuff. And, you know, I was friends with the jocks and for them, it was all that new age hip hop and stole the pop era stuff. And, you know, I'd be in the back blasting Pantera, (laughs) you know, through my headphones, and they'd tell me to shut up. But you know, it didn't bother me though. I kind of liked my own little bubble, you know. It, it was my escape. That kind of music, and I think if I had that group of like metalhead friends, I don't think I would have turned out the same. Just because that was my escape, yeah. Almost. So I, I felt like everything was in my pocket, my pocket only. Yeah,
0: I like that. But it's it's cool to hear that you actually were successful in sports too. Because a lot of successful musicians, you know, that became their thing because they tried everything else. And in a lot of cases, not all. I know some people that are phenomenal at everything they do, and it's depressing. But you know, usually they try sports and they fail. They try, you know, something else and they fail. They find music, whether it be guitar, bass, drums, whatever the case for singing, um, and they excel at that. So it's it's pretty cool. So you obviously have some talent. And and your brother, too, did you say he was actively involved in sports, too? or?
1: Oh, no, he was just into the whole metal scene.
0: Gotcha.
1: I mean, even with sports, for me, you know, because I, I grew up as a very heavy kid, so I was always made fun of. So, obviously, I chose the sports where I could get my aggression out. So, and I, I did pursue lacrosse and pretty much had a full ride to college for it. You know, I was scouted really, really early because I just had that mentality like, I will destroy you pretty much just because, you know, people make fun of me. I need to get the anger out. Yeah. And uh, then I was in a car accident and uh, really messed up my lower back. And I even have slight, um, what's the word I'm looking like for? Nerve,
0: nerve issues? Nerve damage. Yeah.
1: You know, so even playing sometimes hurt, um, or I nice. lock up and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I got a car accident. No chance of college at that point, and I just focused on guitar. That was pretty much it.
0: That was your determination to get through it. Do do you do any kind of things now to um, to alleviate when you get the pain and, and nerve problems? Like, is there anything, there steps you could take for it?
1: it? It's like certain you know positions and stuff. I get, I can feel it certain tense up, or you know what usually sparks it is, you know, tour fatigue and stuff like that. But, you know, I just do the normal stretches and stuff. But you know, sometimes I really can't. It just comes on when it wants to come on.
0: Yeah. Well, even
1: like back pain, you know, I just deal with it on stage. You know, sometimes on tour, I'll wake up and barely be able to walk.
0: And And you
1: just tiger bomb stretching and hopefully get through the next show.
0: And you're pretty physical on your shows too. I've seen a lot of the live videos. It's not just a stand and play kind of thing. You're really going. Yeah. It's a circus. (laughs) Yeah. The good yeah, thing yeah, is, like, that for you,
1: they were entertainers, you know.
0: That's right. The good thing for you, you're young, and, and that's a good thing, you know, for this, for the injury. Um, hopefully, you can kind of carry out some of these routines as you get older because, you know, I mean, I'm much older than you, and as we get older, you know, the bones, you know, tend to, it, it's accented by injury. So, hopefully, I'm wishing you all the best uh, as you get older that uh, the pain doesn't, um, you know, become more uh, significant.
1: Yeah, now it's more the, you know, a lot older, a lot wiser. It's playing smart and touring smart.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, can conquer the world Yeah. you're hurt. So.
0: that's right. You know, give it give it your best. Go through the motions, you know, like you know, give give it a physical show, but also know that, you know, by breaking my neck or putting myself in a chair to the next day is not necessarily
1: thirty more shows on this tour.
0: <laughs> I know. Well that's that's the next thing we're going to jump right into. This is a perfect segue. And because um, a lot of people know you, obviously, there's a lot of people commenting in the chat already about Iron Maidens. And that's how I know you mostly uh, through the videos I've watched on YouTube and things like that. But I know you play in a plethora of other bands. Can you kind of take our, our viewers at home, uh, some of the bands that you play through, I uh, play with, and maybe how many shows a, a year on average you do as a kind of a, a nucleus of all of them?
1: Uh, you want me to go from the very, very beginning? Yeah, sure. One? Yeah, give us I a whole history. Yeah. Um, So I think my first tour is 15 and I was, it was a bunch of kids, you know, we went to this school rock thing. I was one of the original kids for that. And, um, their first tour is with Adrian blue. Nice. And that was weird because I was not in the prog rock at all. I was pulling teeth, but from that tour, uh, my next tour was with John Anderson. And I think I did about three tours with him. So more prog. It's funny. And then, uh, me and my friend Gina Gleason, you've probably heard about, she did the Michael Jackson Circus Soleil thing. His mm-hmm. good friends. We grew up together. And then while we were doing the John Anderson thing, like, you know, we need our metal fix, so we formed an all-female King Diamond tribute called Queen Diamond. Which is funny looking back now. We were little kids trying to <laughs> tribute to especially a band like him. And that turned into Miss Talica. I played a few tours with them before moving out to Los Angeles at 19. Uh, so I had no money, no nothing, so I, I joined a uh, all-female Kiss tribute for a hot second as Ace.
0: That's <laughs> great.
1: I'm in, like Memory Lane right now. <laughs> and then uh, through their manager, I heard that the Iron Maidens were, you know, auditioning, and I went, and it was history from then. And then uh, I think about 2012, I got a phone call from Lorraine Lewis asking if I wanted to join Femme Fatale,
0: Fantastic.
1: Which is a really funny story, because me and Nita Strauss were living with each other at the same time in the valley. And I think we were driving back from the gym, and uh, I think waiting for the big one came on Sirius XM. And we're like rocking out to her, like, oh, man, we need like a female singer like that, you know, like the 90s, 91. I think that's when that was really big and then literally like an hour later we got the phone call (laughs) it was just so funny and then uh, I'm still with them and then uh, me, Nita and I mean God rest her soul Jill Janis, we formed the Starbreakers
0: that is a lineup yeah and
1: I think that's it for right now other than my own stuff (laughs)
0: Jeez. so are you recording like you're doing the covers you just mentioned with Maidens are you doing your own solo record too?
1: Yes, slowly but surely. It's, it's really hard right now finding the time because the maidens are touring schedules. Like, ridiculous. So no excuses, but no, of I course. don't wanna rush anything. I'm going to do it right.
0: I remember you were telling me, too, because we were trying to find a date that would, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm blessed to have you tonight because your schedule is so crazy. So, um, thank goodness for that. But you were actually, you were telling me you were uh, kind of touring right into the hurricane uh, that they had down south yeah. there. <laughs>
1: yeah we had uh, the first show was in um, right outside Atlanta then the second show was somewhere in South Carolina and we literally thought we were going to die
0: wow so obviously <laughs> but, like,
1: everything was fine everything was good but we were more worried about the flooding and all
0: yeah yeah and there's some more things down to, uh, the Florida area and things like that now I, I haven't really heard uh, any repercussions yet but you know, wishing everyone well for sure yeah scary thing when you're on the road and mother nature doesn't uh, necessarily want you out there but uh, the show has to go on
1: yeah, yeah, that's and it's like you know you kind of get that mindset like you know are we rude for still having the show and stuff but then it's like you know it goes both ways like fans still came out we were very very surprised. They yeah. will. It's out of. It's not our call sometimes, which is very frustrating. But.
0: That, that's right. Um, I find that a lot of times, even here in Canada too, like because we have weather that's extreme up here. I, you know, we we'll get. I'm surprised we don't have snow right now. Um, but fans will be like, you know, people say stay off the road, and they'll drive four hours in the snow, you know, to go see, you know, a band, and it's dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. But it does show you you know um and i'm sure you don't encourage necessarily that i mean you want people at your shows but you know if it's yep. not safe don't come stay home we'll catch the next show but people are diehard they're gonna get there one way or another they'll you know, however
1: yeah i remember the last time we were in canada they were laughing i, I think we we're in toronto he's like oh man you just missed the weather it was about negative 30 yesterday and it was, <laughs> the weather was fine at the, the time we were there it was just, Oh no, we did I think we did Winnipeg. It was like negative thirty two. It was just oh my god.
0: Yeah, the west coast <laughs> west coast can get stupid. Like I got some buddies that live out there. Um I'm in I'm in southwestern Ontario, which is near the Windsor, uh, Detroit area. Um, but I had some friends that live on the far west coast and they had like eighteen inches of snow about two weeks ago, if you can believe that. You know, we were still outside with, you know, maybe a light jacket, you know, not your weather, obviously, down home, uh, but yeah. seasonable. I go outside with a T-shirt or even a light windbreaker, run. You're great. And they have 18 inches of snow out there. And you're just looking at, oh, my God, I know we're getting that next and certainly not looking forward to it. <laughs>
1: it's coming.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, where, where did you play? And so did you, you did say you did play Toronto. Do you remember the venue you played there? Oh. If you can, it's okay. Was it, was it wasn't the Opera House or anything like that?
1: Russ Monkey.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay.
1: I know there's a couple other ones, but they kind of all run together.
0: Oh, I know, I know. Where <laughs> we? Hello, Cleveland. You know, we're here at Spinal Tap, right?
1: many times. Or, you know, like we we play the trooper. I always bring out the country's flag that we're in. Nice. It's a few times the wrong flag. Oh, <laughs> no.
0: I can imagine. It's
1: upside down, or it's the one that they hate, or because it's missing a star. Oh, we've been through that many times.
0: Oh, yeah. That could be an embarrassing moment for sure.
1: You know, be surprised at how really irritates people sometimes. Oh, I
0: know, I know. Well, like, I, I was joking when...
1: research, I'm like, we did! We didn't know it just changed.
0: That That's right. You know, all of a sudden, something that was cool last week is uh, is now on the blacklist here. We can't say that or we can't do that here. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And, and then then you get the memo after the show. Yeah, so the numbers were good. Tickets, we were sold out, but we uh, lost 15 people in the front row because they were perturbed because of the flag or something. <laughs> Yeah, never fails, never fails. Let's jump back to the chat for a real quick second. We're going to come back in a moment. We're going to start talking about, um, before we get into the guitar discussion as far as um, some signature guitars, I want to ask you a little bit about pedals and things like that as well too. And I, I told I told you it's going to be a geeky session. It's all these guys and girls that watch the show that love to know of the nuts and bolts of what, you know, what our guests are using. And uh, we'll share a little bit of that. Uh, Jim Dales is here. I think I mentioned Soda Pop. Terry's GG&G is here. Polly D is here. Uh, JD Gonzalez uh, is here. Don Shepard. Mel O'Brien uh, says Cat Scratch Fever. Hopefully you know a Cat. Uh, cat getting scr- scratching anyone here we don't want to have that uh fred siegel is here as well too stan adams uh let me see here to see if there's any questions mississippi treasure hunter is here uh let me see he's scrolling too fast and i'm always bad for that uh we'll be sh- like i mentioned too we'll be sharing your links all throughout the evening and my better half here nocturnal butterfly will be posting those in the chat so let's talk a little bit about petals. um and i keep getting i thing that's uh, my uh, my skype is trying to access my helix as my audio interface, I'm saying no. I do not want to use that at the moment. Um, are you a, a pedal user, and do you keep it simple on stage?
1: Yeah. And I'm actually going to take a photo of it right now because it's actually set up in front of me. Okay. So I'm in my little home studio right now. Yeah. Don't mind the messy floor.
0: Hey, it's all good. I won't even take a picture of mine with the dogs running around. I don't
1: know if that's going to come up or not. Mm-hmm. Why is it turning on me? This is why I hate Apple sometimes.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I see a boss. Looks like a boss chorus. I see a, a DD3. Yeah,
1: boss chorus, boss delay, which is the DD3. I have a BBE Busta Grande, where I actually went in and swapped out all the parts for I think I believe Japanese parts. Okay. And my Friedman switch for my head, and then I have a polytune Noir tuner, and a decimator. I think it's the second one. ISP. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for for noise suppression. Yep. Nice. Now t- tell me about that BBE. Uh, tell me that one again.
1: A boost a grande.
0: So kind of like a Sonic a Sonic stomp but different?
1: Um basically it, it's my boost and it basically just adds a, a good amount of mids. Okay. So it just cuts through even if, you know, my amp's muddy or depending or I'm traveling and don't have my amp and whatever amp they give me on stage, which I hate most of the time.
0: Mhm, of course.
1: Even if the rhythm sucks, I know my lead's gonna cut through and sound amazing.
0: No, I'm just gonna guess. I'm dying. and here again, there's no real right or wrong when it comes to pedals. So I'm assuming you're running uh, the chorus to the front of the amplifier, DD3 through the loop, and possibly the boost through the loop, or no?
1: Actually, no. I have the only thing I have going direct is the tuner and the decimator. I run everything through my effects loop.
0: Okay, very cool. That
1: very- gives me that arena, smooth, huge.
0: Gotcha. Sound. Well, I I let-
1: And I ran the same, other than the BBE, because I. I think I got that for the first time about five years ago. But other than that, I've had the same setup since I was 15. That's great. ISP and the newer things that came out, but that uh, the CH1 and DD3 have always had in the effect loop.
0: DT3 has always been my desert island pedal. I used to use two of those, kind of like Joe Satriani would do. I'd have one at around 250 milliseconds, one around 350 or maybe even 400. And uh, even, even sometimes put them both on at the same time for a real nice layering effect. But I love that to death. And you talk yeah. about the BVE. One pedal that I had, it was, it was my go-to always-on always, always on pedal, was a BBE Sonic Stomps. And that's why it got my attention when you said that. And I ran it through the loop as well, too, and loved it to death. It was the always-on pedal. I said I would always turn it on and basically break the, the knob off, so you couldn't even turn it off anymore. extra beast. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've replaced that since with um, the Exotic EP Booster, and I love mm-hmm. that. That's an always-on pedal through the loop as well, too. But I found with the BBE, just that one particular one, it was given to me used. Um, and it just didn't play nice with my other pedals. When I rebuilt my board, it was just, you know, when you're starting to isolate pedals, you know, you're starting to get some noise somewhere, what was causing it, and attributed to that one. I just pulled it off and got rid of it. But um, that's the thing. There's always somebody that does want to play nice in the sandbox of pedals.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's pretty Very- simple, and I'm sure a lot of sound guys and uh, you know, sound techs out there when they're doing production for you, you know, I'll stick a mic on your 412, and you got such a simple pedal board, it's uh, probably a blessing in many cases uh, for the production team.
1: Yeah. Oh, and even live, when I obviously can't fly with my Freeman. I have the Freeman B-E-O-D distortion pedal. Yeah, yeah. And I run that direct as well. And yeah, it's just literally plug in and go.
0: Yeah, very similar here in the EVH world, um, you know, like a lot of the people that watch the show are using the various inc- inclinations or incarnations, I should say, of uh, the EVH 5153 amps and, and um, MXR through Eddie Van Halen has brought out the uh, uh, 5150 Overdrive and it's a nice thing too, if, you know, you're a traveling guitarist, you don't get a chance to use your own backline and you want your 5150 sound, very, very yeah. similar, you hit that and you got Eddie in a box, which is cool.
1: Well, it's always funny too, you know, you play know, a player show and the sound's amazing but it's that at Friedman distortion, and I'll, and I'll come off stage like, man, you made that Marshall, you know, eight hundred sounds amazing. I'm like, uh, no, I was just using the clean channel, bruh. Yeah, Isn't that <laughs> Maybe, something. Sometimes people think I'm actually using, you know, the preamp and stuff, of what's on stage. I'm like, no.
0: Yeah, I I used to work in music retail, and one of the one of the places I worked at, we um we provided the backline for the major acts that would come through. And, um, you know, I would see their riders, you know, they'd want, you know, two JCM 800s back in the day, you know, or whatever they wanted, blah, blah, blah. And we would, if we didn't have that, we would always substitute. So I know what it's like, as you being the performer getting there and you got this, you know, and you're like, oh, man. And I don't know, sometimes, does that does that mentally mess you up before you go on, so if you're looking at there's like, I was planning for this, now I got this. How do you kind yeah, of cope with
1: especially, you know, because we have a whole back line in our contract, like this, this, this. And I, mine used to say, back when I was, you know, when I wasn't with Friedman, I was a PD, I put absolutely no Marshall. hmm You know, and then every show, you know, and they're supposed to sign this contract, they they. You know, initial to every little part of it And you get to the show And there's an 800 or 900 or I forget what one doesn't have the effects loop But, you know, it'd be that one I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, even I mean, if I would suffer with this There's no effects loop on it And I need that
0: I you know, know just, Well, are you, are you one of those guitar players? Because um, you're talking about the DD3 And that's one that a lot of us use I I come from the school, you know. Like if I had a Marshall Plexi here, is you know I would love to have something like that, you know, to have the, you know the Eddie Van Halen the original right sound. Um, I first of all I would suck at it because it's a special skill set to play an amp like that, but no effects loop. If you had to run your delay pedal to the front, that would That'd probably it would suck.
1: Yeah, no, it's a whole mess.
0: Yeah. You pretty much. You have
1: know, that. It's like I, I do get annoyed at the end of the day. It's like you know what if. I'm forced to play the show without everything fun because, you know, as a musician, you should be able to make anything that's terrible sound good because at the end of the, the last thing, it's your fingers. So it's like, okay, if I can't sound like I'm a million miles away in the middle of an arena for the solo, oh, well, the notes are there still. So,
0: Exactly. I'm sure you've had moments. I I can guarantee you've had moments like this. Every great entertainer has. So let's say you've got one of those gigs where you you have no effects loop. So you got to go through the motions and just get through the night. You're using uh, maybe your chorus or what? maybe not nothing, just running to the amplifier. And you're probably on stage thinking, this is the worst I've ever sounded. And then you watch either a, a board mix or maybe a good fan video after the fact, whatever. And you're like, wow, that wasn't that bad. Have you ever had moments like that?
1: It's like, yeah, thank God for the reverb in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but no, that's the thing. It's a lot of it, it, it's mental. You kind of psych yourself out. Even if I had, you know, some shows, you know, we use in-ears now, and I have everything perfect on stage. It sounds great, but, you know, I go put my in-ears in, and we don't travel with the sound guy, so I'm at the mercy of every sound guy. Mm -hmm. That mix comes through, and it sounds like I'm playing in a transistor radio. And that's it. That's completely mind blowing. It's like, oh, my God, do I sound like that? It's just a lot of issues. I really have to zone out when I'm put in that situation.
0: Now, using in-ears for someone who wasn't using in-ears for so long and going, you know, from having, uh, uh, you know, your cabinet blasting you on the stage. Was it a was it a transition for you? I, I take away the fact that, you know, you, you're at the mercy of the sound person. But was it a transition for you not getting kicked in the butt by the amplifier and now having it in ears? Or how did that work for you?
1: yeah i still hate using them do you <laughs> yeah I, I hate the in-ears but luckily um i sweat so much on stage i think this it actually happened in canada uh i had my pack under my shirt and I actually got sweat into it and it destroyed it so really luckily last couple tours i've been the only one without in-ears so <laughs> i'm back to my earplugs which is yeah but it's yeah i want to feel that oomph behind me yeah that's I you know I still travel with my pedals and want that full half stack on stage and not get a Kemper or what everyone's doing now for the convenience because I need that oomph. Yep. You know. Behind you.
0: Some some people are still that way and there's nothing wrong with that and and I'm I've become one of the modeling people you know I'm using uh, Helix myself pretty much exclusively now. But there is that big difference, and where I, a lot of people, I had um, this. Is, this is a good tip for people that are making that transition, but I still want that kick in the butt. There's nothing like that, you know, like having that hit you in the back end, uh, you know, with a four twelve or whatever it may be. Um, Chris from Blackstone Cherry, he's on this, been on the show a couple of times recently, and um, that's all he uses for for that band is Helix. But he runs out while one particular output runs into a power amp into a big four twelve cabinet or two twelve cabinet on the stage, so he's getting probably in ear mix of of Helix but he's also getting that kick uh from the amp and you're getting the best of both worlds uh per se. Yeah.
1: Even with, you know, when we were just tracking the other day in Vegas, you know, before that being at home for my own stuff, I've been going to different engineers and they have me going through plugins and stuff for me working at home through Logic and my Apollo Twin. You know, using that stuff, not quite so much being my tone and I know I can reamp everything go through that whole process, but you know, it took me three or four times to to nail it. I was in Vegas doing the main thing and had my half stack, my pedals, everything. Obviously, the cabinet was in a different room with three mics. Mm-hmm. I was nailing things in one take because they're just so comfortable. My mindset was there because I was hearing my tone. That was me, and you know, we did an album in three days.
0: That's good. That's that's banging uh, banging it out quickly. And yep. you guys, like you said, uh, comfort zone is everything for some people. You know, your security blanket, if you want to call it that. Yeah. You know, that was me with the DD-3. That was my that was my security blanket. And if I have, was to lose any particular pedal, as long as I could have a sim, uh, something close to a DD-3 or something of that nature, I could live for the evening.
1: Yeah. And even some. me with writing, it's like, you know, I guess I'm weird this way, but even when I hear rips in my head, I hear it with my tone on it. That's so cool. So if I sit down with something that's not my tone, I'm, I'm kind of not, I can't really translate, you know, the feel that I hear in my head. Now everyone, they're like, "Courtney's psycho." Courtney, <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> show sign. I, I, I just, will. It's like, it's like I just have this tone stuck in my head, and if it's not what I'm hearing in my head, it just takes a lot longer.
0: Yeah, that's. I will admit that's the first time I've heard that uh, said that way, and it's very cool. I've never heard anyone really say that. You know, when you're hearing riffs in their head, they're hearing it with their own tone, so that's pretty cool. And it also shows that you you have a, a, a strong mindset of how you want your tone to sound. If you're almost dreaming it, you know, that's pretty cool neat um a couple, yeah, of, <laughs> a couple um, questions over in the chat um and one is just a reference a mississippi treasure hunter says sonic Maxmire. i had the bb stomp on my bass yeah that would sound nice on bass as well too um my good friend Mauricio says uh what is her favorite song from iron uh, maiden to, uh or what is her favorite song from iron maiden to play live and jim dale says uh what metallica song did you learn uh, to play first and what gives you the most enjoyment to play so let's start with Mauricio first with maiden what's your favorite uh, to play
1: Oh, I get this all the time. Do you? It's so difficult. It changes so often. But um, right now, and I'll say two, and one's my always my go to, I say every time that sea of madness, and for my second one, I'll be still life.
0: Okay. All right. Good answers. Good answers. And uh, James, Jim Dales, I should say, sorry, uh, says, what Metallica song did you first learn um, and uh, what Metallica song gives you the most enjoyment to play? So it could be the same answer or it could be two different answers.
1: One was the first one I ever attempted. Oh, and I'd have to say Shortest Straw or Injustice for All to play live.
0: Okay. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> I I didn't cover too much Metallica back in the day, but we covered a couple and uh, the only one I really had fun playing, you know, because I wasn't I wasn't a fan, I mean, but I wasn't a super fan like I am of Van Halen and things like that, would be Seek and Destroy. That was always fun to uh, to really rock up a little higher tempo.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's Stick. cool. A fun one. <laughs> um, let me see here. Uh, so Mel Mel O'Brien's asking, "Do you love Van Halen?" So obviously, uh, you know, um, he's asking a Van Halen reference question. And did you have you ever seen Van Halen live? Have you ever gone to any of their shows?
1: Unfortunately, no. That's no. On my bucket list.
0: Hopefully, but I right. Don't know
1: if I'll forget to, to see. It.
0: I know. Let's hope so. I hope I, for your I, I for did you.
1: A, the other a couple weeks ago, I was actually seeing uh, Evanescence at the Holly, Hollywood Bowl. Eddie was there, and I was sitting diagonal to him. <laughs> And I was trying to sneak a photo. I was like, did, <laughs> and he so caught me doing it. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, I was literally only a few feet from him.
0: Did you get a chance uh, to say hi or anything? Was well, that was it?
1: No, he was surrounded by people and stuff. And, yeah. you know, my boyfriend's like, "Why are you freaking out right now?" I'm like,
0: That's it. <laughs> "Yeah, there's some pictures backstage. Obviously, I think Janie was probably with him, his wife.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that, a few other women. And I actually had backstage passes, but by the time." I got back after Evanescence here. He took off.
0: So. Oh, well, I hope for your sake that they do tour. I mean, I hope for all of our sakes here that they do tour again. It's looking, you know, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but it's looking unlikely. But I like mm-hmm. to be that half cup, uh, half full guy, or whatever. So I'm fingers crossed that they still will. Um,
1: Maybe If I get to see him play just doing a clinic or just any appearance, that'd be fine.
0: I know. It'd be good for you. I, I hope I that does happen. You need to
1: see at least once. Yep. Even if it's just a cord.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure if he was able to, um, if there's ever a bill that you're on and there's other groups, whatever, and that's something that he would be at possibly, I think he'd be very, very impressed when he sees you play. I think I'll, you. I'll keep practicing then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about some practice routines that are on in the program here, too. I want to ask you, um, you know, what you do for warm up routines and just anything you can share some advice that way as well, too. Uh, let's go back to the chat just for a quick second uh, to see if there's anything. Um, uh, let me just see if I can see anything else as far as questions. Sometimes I scroll so fast and they go right on by. Uh, Jason Wade is here saying, um, uh, good evening, hello, everyone. And wow, Courtney is an amazing musician, a true pioneer uh, for women guitarists. Maybe that's what we'll touch base on for a second. I haven't had um, a lot of um, uh, women guitarists on the show, but I've had a few. And I've enjoyed their insight greatly both times. One being uh, Jennifer Batten, and whom I love dearly. She's she's amazing. good become a good friend of mine now. And we talk a lot. And Nita Strauss, obviously your colleague and friend, and uh, got some great insight from her as well too. And I, I think a lot of us guys. And I'm just gonna, uh, you know, I'll put myself on on the same platform here. At one time, I was intimidated by guitar girl, guitar players that could kick my butt. And I think a lot of guys are like that. And I, I think you'll probably feel at one time, guitar hero. St- a stereotype was you'd think of the dudes first, right? But I think women in rock now, you know, like a lot of the pioneers out there, you know, from the Lita Fords to, you know, Joan Jets, uh, Jennifer Batten, like I said, yourself, Nita, all, all these people coming up and um, proving that, you know, you're here to stay and you got something really great to offer. Do, anything you can share, some advice for someone that, you know, maybe be a young girl um, that wants to get into music and isn't afraid to prove her worthiness
1: say when I started and it's weird when I get this question too it's like who are your female influences and uh, I mean I you know always say Jennifer Bett, obviously because when I was young and saw her video for flight of the Bumblebee," I'm like what is going on you know and and second and it's a name that I'm surprised is not thrown around that much anymore but Michelle Meldrum phantom Blue okay as well, which is actually uh, Linda McDonald maidens drummer that's her band from the 80s and they had that race rex thing going on and that was the only really all-female band i ever latched on to as a kid so now i do interviews like i kind of feel maybe rude or you know disrespectful to this whole female world because i i looked up to all the male players mm-hmm. and stuff it wasn't a competition they're like oh i can be better than them it was it was just good songs that's right you know i guess at, at that time and i i it's like today, there are millions of female guitar players, but you only hear about a handful of them. I know. And, it's, and it goes back. It's the same thing in the male world. So, I, you know, I kind of keep gender out of it. And, you know, especially in the female world, you still get that, oh, it's because you're a girl that you're getting all the success and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not as hard for you. I'm like, it, it's hard for both sides of the spectrum. It is. You know.
0: It is to make it, and, and rock it, and music in general, is you're probably better off to go try to play NFL football or NHL hockey. You might have a better chance.
1: <laughs> I'll, you know, i go try to pick up a French horn or something, try to fit in yeah. somewhere. But, you know, it's like for us, it's like, oh, you're just a girl, and you, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. But it's like, you know, I see it with mouth layers all the time, and they're phenomenal. And the, the first response I get is, Oh well, you're just trying to be Momstein, or you're just trying to be Steve. Byer. I was like, why can't you just say you're a great player? It's, I, I doubt he's trying to be said person. It's mm-hmm. like you're trying to be yourself, and like even with you know my album, everyone's like, what's it going to sound like? And I go, me. Well, it's going to sound like me. You know, I'm not trying to sound like anyone else. I mean, you, t- you take your influences. You know, you, you create your palette for you know the, the painting that you're you're trying to draw and stuff. I know I'm rambling, but this is the one that gets me going. But uh, for for upcoming female players, it's just what I usually say to anyone. Play because you want to. Don't get caught up in just the whole glitz and glam of it. Because it is hard, but it's hard for everyone. And uh, learn the power of no. And just, like I said before, just try to keep that passion. Because once that's gone, you're just a puppet on a string at that point.
0: Share, share with us what you mean by the power of no, like not taking on more than you think you can handle? Um, or.
1: You know, I used to say, you know, take every gig that comes along. But, you know, I've done that. And looking back now, it's, you have one shot in life. So really planned, you know, if someone comes with a gig, your heart's not really in it, know how to use that word no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if it, it's a huge, and I, I turned down a, a couple gigs that, you know, maybe could have bought the house or, you know, not have to worry about the lights going off and not having food on the table. But, you know, I knew my heart wouldn't be in it. Yeah. So I said no. And everyone said, oh, you're crazy. How can you always say yes? Always say yes and figure it out. But I think even the business side of things and contracts, and so always read every last detail and then make your decision or just, you know, follow your heart.
0: Yeah. Very well That's said. Very well said. And I was telling you off the air, too, just last, I think it was last Friday, I had Steve Brown on from Trickster, and he plays. played with Def Leppard, filled in for both guitars, for both Vivian and and Phil on Off Times. But he had said, um, you know, one of his secrets to success, you know, they went on to have, you know, some top-selling albums, you know, number one videos on MTV and things like that uh, back in the late 80s and 90s. But he there, he became successful by not having those. Um, you know, I'm going to buy a guitar today, and we're going to be a number one record tomorrow. He just was a guy jamming in the basement with the buddies and loved music so much. And I think if more and more more of us do that today, just get into music. You know, don't build your website before you have your first song. I know image is everything, but yeah. it, you got once you prove once you have that image out there and prove that you're almighty, you have to be able to back it up with good songs. You know, yep. sales. Uh, following there's so many factors.
1: I mean even with social media now, it's like like once again talking both sides of the spectrum, male, female, it's like post after post after post after post, you know, posing here, posing there. and you go where where is the music?
0: Yeah.
1: And that comes way last. Like, you know I was guilty of it. It was just like, oh, here's me on tour, but it's like I'm documenting me on tour. So like, here's me backstage, about to go on stage. And then, you know, when I started writing and stuff, I I would give the little clips of me playing and stuff. And everyone's like, you should do that all the time. I'm like, well, then you'll have the full album already. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I try to not make social media be a thing like, look how great my life is. And, you know, But I'd rather now step back from all the posts and just put the music out there.
0: Exactly. And one thing I'm trying to do myself to better myself when it comes to like, you know, you always people in general to say, oh, that's the the female guitarist. That's the female guitarist. of such and such a band or that's my Canadian buddy or that's my Spanish friend. You're like, why can't we just leave that out and just say the guitarist? And and literally, it's a practice. I think we all have to follow whether you're the guitar player or and you're a guy or a girl. You know what I mean? You're the guitar player.
1: But so even with hashtags and stuff, you have to put a hashtag female guitar player, a hashtag. There's, but that's the thing. You have to do it to get you know, a bigger reach and all this stuff. And it's just so draining sometimes.
0: I know. I know. It must be. And, and I, I totally get what you're coming from. I mean, you know, you're taking the fashion side of rock and people are always doing the paparazzi wanting to do this stuff and do, pose like this and do this and do that kind of stuff. And you're like, okay, I appreciate the fact that I'm a good looking girl, but can I just show you what I can do on guitar? Right? That yeah. must get old after a while
1: was even for me. When I when I decided that I want to play guitar, I was an introvert. I had no friends, really. You know, I I was very overweight as a a child. And it's it's funny how the business then takes that frailty after the talent is there and throws it back in your face saying, Well, if you want to basically get out of your your basement or whatever, you have to do all these interviews, talk, 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 do mm-hmm. photo shoots, do this, do blah blah blah. I'm like. What happened to me just playing guitar and loving to play guitar? You know, I don't have that personality to throw myself out there and do all that kind of stuff. So I always, I always viewed it like it's funny how the music business spit it back in my face, me being, you know, such an introvert when I started. And now I was forced to basically learn how to hold a conversation with someone, do a podcast, do this, do that. And it was tough. You know, I got really nervous. Yeah, so it's little things. I don't think everyone fully gets the grasp on. Like it is a lot of work. But I, w- you know, in my world, I wish I could just play guitar. You know. Yeah,
0: but that's not that easy. <laughs> yeah. That's the easiest. I mean, when I say it's not that easy, that's the easiest thing for you because that's what comes uh, second nature to you. But it's not easy because there's all those other things that have to come with it. Did you ever have people that were? Um, I know with Nita, her her boyfriend, her fiance kind of kind of manages her career. Did you have anyone that tried to steer you the wrong way, saying, "No, forget about the talent. Let's just do this. We need to. We need to kind of uh, take you in this direction." Did you have anyone giving you bad advice, and did you part ways with them, or have you always had some good people steering you?
1: Uh, I'm gonna keep him nameless. Yeah, it's fine. You. An ex-manager for one of our bands, he was kind of, you know, when I wanted to put a shirt back on or whatever, no, no, no just play sports bra again and that kind of thing, like the, the sexual aspect. Of it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. just you know, look as hot as possible, you know, and when you're 19 and stuff, you're like, okay, okay, or, you know, just kind of turn it into competitive you know, this like, oh, well, you better watch out because that so and so person's going to do this if you don't do that. Yeah, it's just looking back now. I was just, like, I was just so dumb and naive to just even, you know, listen to that. Yep. But but it's it's a lesson learned, and then I learned a lot from those that time period.
0: You were young at the time too, right? So you can't really I, blame yourself too I'm much.
1: La, I don't know what I'm doing. So so yeah, I, I, at that time I thought it was advice, you know. Yeah, but, but it uh, wasn't you know, if anything, it, it hurt me at that time because it, it you know is for my playing, you know, no one's listening. They're just using their eyes at
0: that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't matter, right? I think you you might be able to uh, lend some good advice down the road. You know, um, you know, I don't want to put the future too far ahead of you, but you know, if you were ever to manage a band or take someone under your wing and kind of you know t- uh, t- tutor them a little bit and say this is where we can we can go, I think all those things that you learned, all those little mistakes, can really yeah. benefit someone else as well.
1: Yeah, and there, there's a you know a few girls out here that you know I kind of took under my wing. One of them being a, a girl that just moved out to L.A. You know, she's actually my understudy right now for the Maidens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I it just it just gave her the rundown, especially the Hollywood scene. I, I fell into a bad crowd, you know, thinking people were my friends and kind of lost myself for a good five years. To a point I must stop playing because she's just worried about partying and going to the rainbow and all that stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, you know, I, I went sober and took a step back and realized all those friends I thought were friends were not. Yeah. And it put my career to a halt for those years because, you know, I I thought they had my back and stuff, but really they didn't. So, you know, this young girl now just, you know, I told her, to watch yourself, you know, this city will eat you alive if you let it to. she seems to have a really good head on her shoulders so. well
0: she's lucky to have you as well that's that's really awesome thank you for the share let's let's dive right into the deep end here let's uh, talk about the guitar so last time having your friend and colleague nita on the show she was uh introducing her jiva i think it is from uh from ibanez beautiful guitar and a lot of guys are loving it just as much as as any of the you know they um uh every, every, they love it but you have a new signature guitar uh is it comparison am i pronouncing the name right
1: Comparison, yes. yeah.
0: Let's have a look at it. Tell us a little about about this guitar.
1: Yeah, this is the uh Horse M3 CC, it's pink sapphire. Okay, I don't know the color is brilliant, it looks a little darker here, but it's a white and it's pink. And the funny thing is, like, oh, you know, what male is going to get a pink guitar? But uh, I'll tell you, the, they the will first, the, the first run I think sold out in like three or four days, so that that's was good, that's cool great. Yeah, no, I you know I was with I was with Jackson for a good twelve years, and I got one of these in my hands, and uh, I was blown away. And actually, uh, the luthier was actually an old Jackson luthier from uh, the late '80s from Japan. So okay, kind of home in both worlds. But yeah, I, I love this thing.
0: Well, here's a question I'm gonna ask you. Uh, just an observation from me looking at the guitar. First of all, I think it rocks. And I know you were saying at one time you were playing PV amplifiers, so obviously you're probably endorsing PV. And I'm pretty sure I saw you uh, at times with the uh, Vandenberg. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so to me, the pickup configuration is very, very similar, even spacing to the the Vandenberg. Did that have some mojo go from that guitar to what you wanted in your own signature guitar?
1: Um,
0: or just coincidence?
1: Yeah, I think it's coincidence. The color, yeah, I was kind of... Because I always had a green guitar and a pink guitar, so I was thinking, yeah, my Vandenberg... And it took me a while, but finally they I'm like, okay, you know, we'll do pink for you. But yeah, that was definitely the inspiration for the color.
0: I, I think so that's that, cool.
1: That was a fun guitar to play, but uh, man, there's about three times that people tried walking off with it. It shows backstage. So I'm oh, like, yeah? you know what? It's a wall guitar now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, is that is that a, um, an uh, authentic Floyd or is that a Shaler Floyd? or? Shaler. Okay, nice. And floating probably for you, I'm assuming? Yes. All oh, your guitars or, float.
1: Got <laughs> the dime stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Why
0: don't yeah. you? Since you got it like plugged in, give us a little. Give us a couple licks. Uh,
1: God, I guess I go back maiden. <laughs> oh, I just threw it
0: out. It's okay. Sorry. Take your time. It's all good.
1: I haven't really uh, played it since the studio, so good old desert weather. I'm using my uh, polytune clip on. Oh, those has, are good. Those are great. Yeah, going from the desert in Nevada to the valley in oh, dear. San Fernando is not a good thing for the neck.
0: <laughs> While you're tuning, just just kind of uh, you don't have to show us, but just kind of tell us about those inlays. They look quite unique. What are they supposed to be?
1: Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a complete comparison thing. They're clocks. Mm, okay. And then the cool thing about it is that it tells the time. <laughs> oh,
0: first, second, third, fifth. Oh, yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah, and uh, this guitar, I believe, has 27 or 28 frets. Yeah. So, got a lot of, so maybe I could attempt those Jason Becker uh, tunes. Okay, that's
0: good. <laughs> I was going to mention Jason Becker to you tonight, too, because he just uh, leaked some of, what he, I shouldn't say leaked, but is uh, promoing some of his new music. I uh, imagine yeah. that's something you're looking forward to hearing.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, I, I saw that video where it mentions, like, the 13 players. Mm-hmm. playing tribute and actually there's a comparison artist on there Matthias Eklund
0: nice that's good to know
1: he's a comparison guy too funny guy I love that guy
0: I was looking at their website today with their other artists and they have a substantial uh, roster
1: Mm -hmm. yeah the kill switch guys on there Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah small family and that's the way I like it I don't like being a number yeah
0: exactly yes well said
1: (laughs) Let me see if
0: I remember respect the way. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. So oh, coming back. <laughs> Obviously, having a floating bridge in there, you want some mass with the uh, the tremolo there. So I think I, I know this for a fact, and I was reading the specs on the guitar. It actually comes stock with our good friend Adam's F.U. Tone product, does it? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: basically, I have uh, the titanium inserts for the saddle. Nice. And since my sweat is toxic, I have the stainless steel screws. Nice. For the thing, and uh, I have the big... Brass block in the back to help with resonance and sustain, and then I have the noiseless heavy-duty springs.
0: Those are the those are the, I think the heaviest tension to the red ones.
1: Yeah, that's what I like because I don't have to use two of them.
0: Okay, and, and I,
1: they come you know standard on all my models, and basically you know everything's made in Japan, and my guitars come right off the same belt pretty much.
0: Now, here, I'm going to just uh, guess here, because you're using two of the Red Springs. I, I use the black ones because I tune down a half step, and I use two as well, too. So I'm down a half step. It's a little bit slinkier. Being that you have two in there, I'm, you must tune to concert pitch, st- standard pitch? Yeah. Okay. There you go. That uh, would make a difference.
1: standard, my own original substandard, and I only will go down a half step for 10 to tell.
0: And you'll switch a guitar, I would assume, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't deal with all that.
0: <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that can be Not a pain. I
1: Yeah, so.
0: you you might want another thing you want to check out because I'm sure like do you have several of your own signature model like uh for the road? Yep. For one of them, you might even try because obviously um, you mentioned the titanium uh, titanium inserts for the lock blocks. Adam also now has the naval brass ones, and I, I was always the titanium guy. And, there, and every guitar I have here at home that has a Floyd has the titanium, but the naval brass are quite nice. wouldn't be Wouldn't be a bad idea next string change, or if you have your guitar tech do it for you, whatever. Just on one guitar, pick one, try the naval brass, and see what you think of them. Yeah, yeah, well, pretty thanks. cool. Yeah, that's a beautiful guitar. So this one's available. And th- does comparison sell to, like in stores, or is it directly off their website? How do, How does one purchase uh, they that?
1: They have a list of dealers on their website, but uh, right now, I mean, if Basically, for the states I know, uh, Guitar Center stocks a lot of them, and you can order direct if they don't have the model in stock. Okay. But yeah, if you go to comparisonguitars.com/dealers, it will uh, direct you to the right output. Okay, that's so good.
0: One. That's good to know. And Japanese-made guitar—that's nice thing as well, too. You know, it's not. You know. Yeah, I'm
1: saying This one, for for my model, has a deeper heel cut. Okay. If you can see it. Yeah, over. you can. Yeah. Yeah, because I I tend to do a lot of that, plentip. Uh, so that helps on the road, so I don't have to wear it like this.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's very comfortable as well. That that's fantastic.
1: That's a, that's what I really love about this thing. Yeah, five piece neck. It's good.
0: And what what about the pickups? Can you tell us the pickup brands that are in it? Uh,
1: there, that's one thing. And you know about comparison, you know I would always worry about like especially when I'm at Jackson's. I like, go, oh, what am I going to put in it? But, you know, when I plugged in without doing anything, you, just, you know, their pickups, for me, are flawless. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And uh, the neck, it's a SH27F. It, okay. And then the bottom, it's a P, PH-BC.
0: Any, any of them split coil? Can you do that with a push-pull or anything like that? Or is this it's pretty much...
1: Weird. Yeah, nothing fancy.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's cool.
1: The typical middle, yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm just one of those people that plug in and go, <laughs> I don't think I even, you know, I mean, for some clean things, I'll use the neck pickups, but I'm not one of those shredders that keeps going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, the bridge, because I'm not hiding anything. You yeah. Know, even with sleeping. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One thing I like about the, the headstock on that guitar, I mean, when it comes to a uh, guitar company, you know, we all have, we like our, our Jacksons, we like our Les Pauls, we like our Strats, right? And But it's so hard to come up with something that's not infringing on a trademark for, for a headstock design. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of luthiers are like, okay, what am I going to do to be cool for the, with the headstock and still make my statement? That's got a very, very cool headstock on it. I like it. It
1: has a nice uh, tilt to it. And it's all one piece. They, I mean, they don't build it up or anything, so.
0: Nice. No. Nope. So, yeah. That's very cool. And the, man, with the amount of frets, do you do you put that thing to the to the test and really uh, use the upper frets on that thing?
1: <laughs> I remember the first time I used one of the, you know, I first started playing one of their tat specials mm-hmm. before I found the, the horse, you know, kind of style. And I remember being on tour, first show out the gate in Europe, and I didn't really rem- I'd like take into consideration that, oh, I have all these extra frets. And, you know, that one was an ebony fretboard. And uh, going for a solo and they, they turn the lights off and uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll just find it. And I look down I'm like, holy, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, where am I? But uh, yeah, I actually do like it because, you know, I don't have to worry about choking out or getting my hands caught. know, yeah, I, I like the space. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily going anywhere past 24, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it's nice to have that even if I wanted to do the stupid sound effects like you know, bending and tapping. Yeah getting those really crazy stretches you know i i have that choice and it's available if i need you know
0: that's right yep I, I always always joke I'm a 22 fret guy and I don't like playing vintage guitars that have 21 and 24 frets scared me as well too and I've come to the realization now that just like you said having it just so you're not choking out or if you want to play yeah. something you know like you know um, I'm not going to really give any examples but just where you would normally be really reaching and, and putting yourself to the test working yourself harder it's nice and, and my son here has a nice SG as well too and the scale on the SG you know I'm doing some of the Van Halen stuff that I obviously don't have whammy bar but it's like where I'd be reaching pretty high it's just like you don't. You're not even touching the end of the neck. You know what I mean. Yeah. You're not touching the body of the guitar. I mean, it's like wow, that's so awesome. So that's yeah, pretty cool.
1: Even live, if I'm like fatigued and I don't really want to bend, you know, I have that option just to jump up to it. Yeah. You know, I don't really have to. Like, oh, it's my last fret. All well, I just you know bend and pray that I get somewhere close. But now it's like if I'm really tired, you know, I just. Pick
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot <laughs>
1: of. A bar. Ooh, there you go. I saw a There's lot of people
0: commenting on your green, the Green Jackson, and the one that you're playing for the longest time. That was a beautiful guitar. I'm, and obviously Jackson's part of the whole umbrella here for the you know the EVH team. You know EVH Charvel Jackson, um, you know the same family, but I've never been a real Jackson guy. I love the uh, as far as an owner. I've had Charvels over the year. I love Charvels and I love the EVH brand, but that was pretty cool. And some of the comments people are saying it was it reminded them of uh, Steve Vise, you know, the Green meanie, whatever and was that did you ever get that comparison a little bit
1: um not often and you know it i didn't go for that color because of steve i was just i I remember seeing when that color came out at nam many moons ago and then uh you know i've I've been playing the adrian smith white models for a while Mm -hmm. and they're like do you want a a signature model from us because i've been with jackson since you know 15 so it's i guess it was my time but you know i was just like you know, I'm doing this main thing, I just kind of want uh, an Adrian's, and I want green, because green's my thing. You know, green yeah. and pink at the time, but it was more going for this absent green. And it's funny, they actually had to ask Adrian for the okay on it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's well, the only one. I mean, I, I'm done with it now. It's just There's just something, and, and, you know, a lot of guitars are having this problem. It's just the maple's a lot softer than it used to be, so that neck would warp every other show. So, you know, yeah, I, it was time for retirement. Yeah. So uh, it's in the museum in my house. <laughs> nice.
0: Does, does it ever get played? No. No, it just, it's, it's just there it, for. It just
1: like... Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. The reason... that,
1: that's the thing. I used to play like that on tour and not even realize because we didn't really have a tech at the time. So when I finally got it to a professional tech, they're like, How did you play with this? I'm like, Oh. That's crazy. I guess, I guess it made me a better player because I was playing with something completely out of intonation. And, yeah.
0: Well, l- look at Eddie, right? Back in the day, you know, talking like it was pretty much almost a garbage guitar, you know, 150 bucks for the parts, and look what yeah, he's done. Everyone,
1: like everyone back then, they were just making, putting their own guitars together, mm-hmm. you know, just.
0: And and that, that that's the way you learned the guitar. You it was uh, crafted at home, whether your parents helped you or whoever, and uh, and you, that you built your skill set around it. And that's why, you know, some of us get really spoiled as um, uh, guitar players. You know, I, well, here's, no, let's go a different route. Nowadays, you've got parents buying their kids these guitars, you know, the, and they're so affordable. You know, things made offshore that, you know, you spend 500 bucks and get a decent guitar and a decent amp. Plays great, but they didn't have to, like, hurt themselves on, on strings that were three inches off the neck. Rusty strings, you know, tetanus shots every time you uh, you play your guitar. So it's a different world today
1: yeah i remember my first guitar was just some hundred dollar court guitar that i saw on a wall in a music shop next to all these you know rg 550s and stuff i didn't know i just saw like oh i like the look of that one it's black yeah metal let's go with that one yeah it was the worst piece of <laughs> <laughs> but I-, I learned on it you know and it I-, I guess it let me understand what is good and what is not what's the difference between something made in korea or this and that and Japan or a U.S. custom shop. It's like you really need to know,
0: yeah.
1: Or feel the difference, I say. But at the same time, be able to play that fifty-dollar, you know, high. Yeah. if like, you, yeah. you see, like Zach Wild shredding on a Hello Kitty guitar, or like he can because he
0: can, he can
1: put that time and That's play right.
0: Anything. There's like nothing more
1: that should be the goal for every musician. Like be able to play at least decently on anything.
0: That's right. You might go to a clinic somewhere and, uh, you know, it may not be your preferred guitar. It may not be your endorsed brand of guitar. It could be anything that you, and if you can't play, you know, you have a job, right? And you have to be able to perform it.
1: Yeah. And it, like many jams I've been to, and you're just, you know, not even expecting to play, but they see in the crowd, oh, come up and play a song. And
0: On like, my oh, guitar, yeah.
1: then you get the guitars all the way down at your ankles, but you get through it.
0: Yeah, you have to. But, And that's the thing too, that's one of those those moments that we talked about earlier, you know, you're going to be, you're probably thinking, oh my God, please let me get through this song. Let me get this song. I want to get back off the stage. And then you look back, you watch the video back. It's like, wow. And that's where you can kind of say, okay, well, all those years of hard work are paid off because I was forced into it, line of fire, and I did well. Yeah. Yeah. So that-
1: And it also shows the crowd. It's like, obviously, they they can see on your face that you don't know how this is going to go. So it just shows that you're not afraid of humility or failure, you know?
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And crowds really love seeing that. It's like you know, I'm here to entertain you. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm I'm still doing it. You
0: know, yeah, yeah. They,
1: your
0: they don't know what's coming. The anticipation is is pretty cool. And then you perform it, and it's like, wow, that's and then they, then they become super fans if they're invested already. Now they're super fans.
1: You yeah, have that moment because you know I, I know many players that can you know outshine me tenfold, or they will not just wing something in a jam night or because they don't want to mess up but it's like you really need to get over that mm-hmm. you know you, basically everyone's human it doesn't matter how long you study what college you want to just how fast you can play how bluesy you can get how jazzy you can get. You know it's like you really have to conquer that fear of failure or missing that note you know? yeah yeah that's so right not the best notes are the wrong notes
0: i know exactly uh, and and as, as long as you make it look like it's supposed to be there instead of making a crazy face or actually maybe make a crazy face, make that
1: <laughs> slide, that's supposed to be right there.
0: <laughs> that's right. Have Have you ever played anybody's guitar where there's no whammy bar and then you have to go use it? And because that maybe it's like, it, at your thing at that moment and there's no whammy bar. Have you ever been embarrassed that way? Uh,
1: I'm not so much embarrassed. Like maybe just try not to break their neck the or yeah. doing the whole it that way. But. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that could be awkward snap okay here's your guitar I'm sorry you didn't have whammy parts in two pieces now
1: no, no, I think that, uh, this happened to me once when I was younger you know I didn't have strap locks so I went to another kid who had a, an Ibanez at the time I'm like can I use your your guitar for this song I'm gonna do one of those spins you know throw it around my body He's like okay and of course slow motion as I'm doing it the screw strips out <laughs> and the guitar just hits the ground
0: what do you, I, I, I'm, it's funny that you mentioned strap locks. I've been, uh, using the shaler strap locks my entire life. Once they first come out, you know, like the pull, like the pull type ones, what do you use for strap locks or do you use them at all?
1: Um, I think I have one of the, the newer ones I have, it's kind of like the the screw. Okay, or maybe it's Not on this one, I forget. Are these, what are the strap locks?
0: Yeah, they look like shalers. Are those, sh- yeah, okay.
1: I think the other newer ones I have actually gives you the option to as another screw thing. But yeah.
0: yep yeah. Th- Those yeah. are good. I have those on every guitar too. But I'm I'm gonna share something with you that you might want to check out. Um, and this is no product <laughs> endorsement or anything like that. This I was know. just from a While sh-
1: I have this out, Can you please take note? This is
0: how. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh. Cool. <laughs> <It's>
1: my cats. <laughs>
0: that is wicked Jeez. cool. That's that's yeah, awesome. Well, the, the Shaler Strap Locks, obviously, a lot of people use them. Uh, many people do. And I had guitarist Bill Lennaro on the show a while back, and he has a company called Strap Tight. I'm not sure if you can see that. And they started with these type. They look almost like a bread clip, right? Can you see that? Okay. Um, and uh, Joe Satriani become one of his first uh, endorses. And, and it make a really good point with these Strap Locks because we are technically kind of damaging our guitars. You know, I would get a brand new guitar, whether it be a beater or, you know, a boutique guitar, and we're taking out the screws and putting in deeper screws into the wood. And I've always found with the shalers, I love them to death, but I'm always tightening up those screws every six months or maybe a year or something like that. And then you're taking out little toothpicks and wood glue and sticking them back in and putting the screw back in. These things here, you put your strap on your guitar, you just slide these over. And um, I asked him, I said, why does Joe Satriani not use strap locks? I, and I said, "Can you share that with us?" I didn't know if it was, you know, private information. And he says, "And Joe's ears, you know, he hears everything—the squeaky, squeaky, squeaky of, uh, like, let's say you're recording or whatever—and and you got a strap, and you're playing, and that strap is sliding with a metal on metal that's squeaking. There's no resonance from the strap lock. It sounds silly, but it's true. And then you're not damaging your guitar. You should check them out on some other guitars if you don't want to try those, or they're, they're dirt cheap, and that you can you could have a tug of war between you know guitar and the strap, and it's not going to come off.
1: Yeah, kind of cool." Right. What was that? Uh, I forget the the beer brand, but they always say the cap off one of those beers you can use it as a strap lock.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know about that.
1: I forget. Uh, i
0: have to look it what's
1: up. What's that beer bottle that could be used as a uh, guitar strap? Do you remember? Remember the locks? I forget, but it's always been like the running on tour joke. If something breaks, well, we'll
0: we'll Google it later on and find out. Yeah. Speaking of the tour, when you talked earlier about techs and stuff like that, do you have um, do any of the band? So they have guitar techs with you on the road, like to do everything for you?
1: Um, not really. Um, we we've, they've had a a tech or tour manager, as we say now, that's been with the band for seventeen years. But uh, tech wise, he can change a string and makes sure things are in tune.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But he's also, you know, he has about ten other things on his plate at the same time. So
0: yeah, many if hats.
1: Something really, if something really goes wrong, it comes down to me unless I have, you know, my tech there. But mm-hmm. that's not all the time.
0: Yeah, that's good. So, no, I, very
1: stressful sometimes. I can imagine. <laughs>
0: I can imagine. Um,
1: I, I always check before I go on or uh, on stage. I always make sure I have sound first. Just
0: in case. Do you have a bit of the skill set like, let's say let's say you were there and it's sink or swim, you had one guitar and you have to wire up a humbuck or something come off. Were you able to do that? Or is that something a little um, challenge
1: I mean if he has a soldering thing and everything, but Yeah, <laughs> not chopping with if, that either. If he's busy I break a string, literally it'll take me like maybe a minute to get going again. That's good. good so I have to make sure I have a couple extra wines so I can just pull it down.
0: Yeah. Um so. I'd, and I was, I was going to ask a question on this, but I actually I know the answer. Um, DNR Strings, that's strings. who you, you endorse? correct? Yep. Yeah, they were very kind. Um, uh, they shared it on Instagram on their story today, of the show for the night. So uh, when you're talking to them, uh, tell them thank you as well, too, for, for sharing that. It was uh, very uh, appreciated. they
1: really good to me. Nice. That was actually the first pack of strings I ever bought for my first guitar. That's cool. Yeah,
0: so you're loyal to them. That's obviously another reason why they're probably very happy to have you. That says a big testament about a brand when you stay with them, you know, since day one, like uh, Paul Gilbert on the show, you know, I was asking him about his love of Ibanez. And it just it just worked for him. He never really went anywhere else. And, um, you know, that's that's well appreciated from the manufacturer. Yeah. No, you, you had Ibanez for a bit. I saw some photos with you uh, doing Ibanez and obviously Anita was heavy into Ibanez. Was it something you thought maybe about going down that rabbit hole uh, at one
1: point? No, that, that guitar. I know I use it for a photo shoot. That was pretty much it. Um, I, I bought that when the anniversary RG five fifties came out mm-hmm. just because I was a huge Paul Gilbert fan at the time, but that, that was more just for a collection. Gotcha. For okay. me that, you know, the necks are a little too thin on, the Ibanez, I can't really grip, dig in the way I do.
0: Okay. And is your action, you keep your action uh, extremely low, or is it uh, not as low?
1: It's, I mean, it's low, but not obnoxiously slow. Or okay. Or slow. Low. low? Yeah, nothing cuts out. I can still do all my dime bag bombs, but no, anything cut now.
0: That's good. I'm I'm finding more and more guitar players that I talk to. Like you, I assume, like everyone, like I that that is a shredder will say likes their action like super super low. But I'm finding more and more people like no, they really want to get under that string, and yeah. it, it's just hard to imagine playing fast on on action that's not in as low as as some of ours. But I guess that's it all depends on the player.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on how hard you play. I and mean, like a lot of players, I have it where they really like and they do more of the attack on this side, but it's like, I like that kind of extra effort I have to put in for the legato stuff or mm-hmm. tapping just with slightly being higher. But yeah. I, I just need something to grip on to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Um, there's a question over in the chat from, uh, someone named Cran it says, what was the most challenging cover song you've ever learned to play? And it doesn't have to be necessarily something maybe that you've done with, uh, the tribute bands and things like that, but maybe one of the most challenging songs you've ever had to learn.
1: Uh, Probably sixteen speed metal symphony cacophony. Oh boy. Yeah. God, it, maybe. <laughs> I haven't played this in so many years.
0: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah.
1: No, I was sloppy as hell, but I haven't played that in a good fifteen years. <laughs> Any- yeah, I remember they gave us that song, and it was uh, me and my friend C J Taiwan at. Can we just look at each other like? All right, are you Friedman or are you Becker? Uh (laughs) Which one? Let me just split out each part by part going down the line. See, I remember being so intimidated by that. But, you know, I just took it phrase, by phrase, and just didn't overwhelm myself. You know, and obviously played it a lot slower. Yeah. Because I had had a GNX3 at that time, and I could slow it down a little bit. And I just keep, you know, practice and practice, and finally it was there. So... Oh, well, that's good. I remember there was a lot of swearing going on during that song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you would have had a, if you would have had a swear jar, you probably could have bought a couple of new guitars with the. Uh... Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be owning that record company now, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: a, that's right. You probably would. Someone in the chat, Jason Wade, said Red Stripe Beer. Does that sound right? Red Stripe Beer.
1: The red Stripe. I thought it was a green type. But it's not St. Maybe St. Paul. No, it's the maybe it's the one with the latch on it. It's the okay. One with the G.
0: Gr- okay.
1: Grolsch. Gr- Good.
0: we'll, we'll yeah, figure it out
1: maybe red strength too there you I go think it's the one that has that latch on it
0: that's our weekend challenge now for everybody so <laughs> it's okay you don't have to worry about it it's okay
1: gross gross
0: gross okay there we go yeah, it's
1: that one it's a little red part you use it
0: <laughs> something i've always struggled with my whole life of guitar playing like I, you know i watch all these young kids and and I, I almost consider you a kid with your age too you're very young um but you're s- phenomenal with string skipping, and I can't sweep to save my life. I can sweep my deck outside, but I can't sweep on guitar, and a couple things that were getting me in the right wheelhouse was some of Paul Gilbert's old, like, REH videos, VHS tapes back in the day, believe it or not, and I still go back to that a little bit. Any tips that you could you share with us for, for, even if it's the simplest of arpeggios and string skipping, maybe, like, obviously, I think metronoma is probably is important, but for fing- fingers, for technique just so we can we can start to see some improvement
1: That's funny you say Paul Gilbert because I remember when I was getting the string skipping I would always watch his solo that they always play from the, one of those tours and I think it was Tokyo with Mr. Big he goes a mm-hmm. oh, whole string skipping thing but... no, I haven't played this in forever too bear with me It's okay That whole solo. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just um. I know I'm not the best at it. Like recently, I cut the, my fingernails on this, side to try to maybe start doing that hybrid picking that everyone's doing these days okay. the extra fingers. But for me, it's just awkward right now. I really have to sit down with it. But for me, it's just you know it's singing up the right with the left. I've been always trying to do like that Vinnie Moore slant picking and even watching. Paul Gilbert's hand and Rob Marcella does it too. It's that weird, yeah, thing. But I mean, even you know, just picking stuff, it was just literally sitting with a metronome, or and then adding notes and notes and just trying to be smooth. I really just try not to think about it. For me, it's like I don't call it practicing. Because for me, growing up practicing reminds me of school and that was always a negative connotation. So I'm like, I'm playing. And I really, I try to only focus on, like, I'll maybe do it for 10 minutes, 15 and then move on to something completely different.
0: Okay. A lot of muscle right. memory too, I guess, right? After a while, you could look away and it, your hand just know where, where you want them to go.
1: Right. I mean, even just doing it without, without picking to make sure that the muscles are all, but, you know, like I said, I'm not the best at it. But I, I've always tried, basically, I, I have that mentality, if I can be a better player than I was yesterday, then I'm doing something right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Pick up one thing each day, right?
1: Yeah, I'm not trying to be, you know, God's gift to guitar no. players. Because I don't think anyone can be, because as even Miola said or whatever, it's like, you know, there's always something to learn. Yeah. But uh, it's just, I just play what makes me happy. If things really start stressing me out, then, you know, I, I walk away for five minutes, you know, clear my head and come back.
0: So. Now, you coming from kind of a school of shred and obviously playing what you're just playing there, do you uh, ever just get kind of down in the blues and just kind of, you know, just really tone out and simple simple notes and have fun with it? Yeah.
1: Like, I'm uh, working on like a new track, mine if I don't miss out. Like, <laughs> kind of that snooze kind of stuff. And, it, you know, I was getting really frustrated with my album stuff because, you know, there's so much pressure right now, especially mm-hmm. the female, where, like everyone getting their own stuff out and so, you know, I was just kind of getting stressed out, like, you know, am I not writing fast enough? So it's like, you know, I was hanging out with Vinnie Moore the other week, because he's one of my idols, mm-hmm. and he's actually playing on my album. Nice. And it's like, you know, I saw him live on that tour, he just finished with Ritzy Kotz, and Ghost goes, gee, I was just like, gonna really just sat him down, like, you know, like, your instrumental songs, like, Daydream and stuff, how did you approach that kind of stuff? You know, because your, your albums aren't just complete shred the whole time. Right. He's like, well, yeah, that was... You know, I'm ad living here, but basically, he wasn't out to, like, prove anything. He just played what he wanted to. And then, like, even, like, hinted at me. He's like, you know, so help me God if your album's all chugga-chugga-shred, you know? Yeah. And I don't want it to be, but, you know, I've been kind of locked into this metal world. You know, there's, like, two things with this album. One, people are probably going to think I'm going to sound like Maiden. Right. And two, it's like, everyone's like, oh, can't wait to see how fast she's playing the whole time. But it's like, I'm not going to be. Like, yes, there'll be a couple... You know, cacophony type shred neoclassical things on there. But other than that, I'm really just trying to listen to what's up here. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on up there, and it's like I don't really know where I'm going, direction, or theme. But that's why, you know, I reached out to him. He's, you know, you have nothing to prove. Don't stress out. And, you know, he he said, I'm an overthinker, and, you know, I'll have a million ideas and really have to convince myself that I can't use everything. You know, so I have to pick and choose. But, uh, yeah, I just don't want to rush things. Cause, but, you know, every day, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? You know, it's like when I feel it's done.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a long time sometimes. When's you know, the
1: song, when, When's the song ever truly finished? You know?
0: I know. you have to. At one point, you have to be able to say, okay, I'm walking out of the studio. We're done. And if, if someone's, you know, engineering it for you from there, okay, do your thing, but I'm done. And that's very difficult. You know, you, you could just put one extra guitar soul somewhere and ruin something. You're like, you have to know that discipline.
1: You know, even you know tracking the the maidens record the other day it's, you know I'm not I didn't walk in there going, I'm gonna be Adrian Smith, you know it's mm-hmm. like definitely have my playing style in there. and I remember there's just one note annoying me other it's like I know I missed the note, but I kind of jazzed it in there and I was like, oh, could we, we just go back and re-record that thing That's uh, perfect. Like, But to me it's like he's like when I hear that I'm just kind of blown away. But for me, I'm so critical of my playing. Like I call it being like you know John Sykes. Everything has to be perfect, or it's not coming out. Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah, that's, that's one thing I'm constantly fighting myself over.
0: A perfect record is very sterile. I mean, it re- it really is. Mm-hmm. That's why I I like watching bands. You know, the band, a lot of bands that you've talked about over the years. But for me, especially Van Halen, I love bootlegs to death. You know, especially, and, and I'm not one of the guys that will, I, one time I was that would collect everything. And they would grade them like, you know, an A plus, you know, audience level um, or, you know, C plus plus or things like that. I wanted something that's a good mix for that. I could at least, you know, capture it and listen to it. Um, but um, that's why I think the energy was here, like raw, raw, raw energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And
1: I'm obsessed with like the, all the old 80s albums, like even Wasp and stuff. It just a uh, chainsaw sound. Like production, maybe not have been the best, but you just you get that energy from it.
0: Yeah, agreed. And,
1: like, even especially like going back to being in Vegas. Like some of the parts that most people would edit out. Like there's I forget what soul it was, but basically it was ending it. But you can hear my fingers moving to like the next you know phrase. But you, you physically hear like the thumping, where most people would take that out. I'm like oh, do you keep that? In there. Like, just something about not hearing someone actually change the pickup switch to keep it
0: in there. It's like, oh, it just adds to it. L- look at Jimi Hendrix, you know, Voodoo Child and things like that, you know, toggle back and forth as, a, as an effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Every little thing, right? Little nuances. And then, you know, what's going to be funny is you would do that in a song, and then one of your biggest fans, you know, that's going to try to do a cover trying. on YouTube, I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to get that noise right there at that point, or like Eddie Van Halen twirling a whammy bar as a whistling kind of sound and and uh, like almost like a helicopter sound. And like, how did he do that? Or how does this person do that? Where We put everything under a microscope.
1: Well, that was me with uh, the Master of Puppets solo, Kirk Cameron, Like, where is that high... Sound or, that high note coming from' it's like, and then you you know you do your history, he actually broke a string at that moment, okay. there you go. <laughs> so little things like that, and I'm that little kid trying to you know put it in there, like painkillers, so like there's one little hammer on that's somewhere weird in there, and I think it was a mistake, but they kept it in. and now everyone's trying to do that.
0: <laughs> learn the mistake. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah.
1: Do you, all
0: <laughs> do you find, um, here's a question, it wasn't on the itinerary, but since you mentioned Metallica, um, I think uh, Kirk Hammett sometimes gets uh, a bad rap, you know, like, I think he gets picked on a little bit. And I, I really don't think there could be another, uh, first of all, I think, um, James is an amazing guitar player. I mean, uh, phenomenal, uh, to that rhythm that he does as fast as he does and, and 90% all down picking
1: that's where my arm's like,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, do, do you think, do you think Kirk gets a bit of a bad rap? Like, uh, I think he's the perfect lead guitar player for Metallica. I don't think anything else would be too much or too little, but do you, do you think he's kind of undeserving of some of the negative press he gets?
1: I mean, I I definitely hear it too. But that's the one thing, especially about music. It's like you, he has his own little world. And one thing I love about him, you don't have to be seeing him on stage live. You put on any track or you're just listening to the radio. The minute that guitar is turned on, you know it's him. He has a tone and you know it's his tone. But I think people get so caught up with everything trying to be perfect or you have to be the best shredder know everything and be Steve that you forget that, you know, some players just they're their own player. They don't Mm -hmm. wanna be this one that he that is his pocket and he doesn't have to get out of it. Yeah. You know. He's he's the reason I started playing guitar, so
0: I, I have this little list. I, I tend to always change around. I'm curious, maybe you can throw in a couple of people. Um, I'll say maybe top five, top six, seven, eight people of guitar players that you just couldn't take out of the band. And, and you know, everyone's replaceable no matter what you're in. Eddie Van Halen, I'm not even going to go there, actually. I won't say Eddie Van Halen's replaceable. That's my God. I have to leave that. Okay, so don't shut down my channel. No one send me hate mail. No, Eddie Van Halen's not replaceable. But, um, um, so let, let's say, well, actually, that would be, he'd fit into the list. So you can't take him out of the band. Um, Alex Lifeson from Rush, another uh, band, obviously a Canadian. I love Rush. I think you can't take him out of the band. Uh, this And this is a complete uh, right turn or left turn, whatever. Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, or Audio do say, but we'll say Rage Against the Machine. Can't take him out of the band. Um, I kind of would want to go down the road and say Ace Frehley from Kiss, even though he's replaced by Tommy Thayer. Can you... But-
1: KISS doesn't sound like KISS and Don't Kill Me KISS fans. KISS yeah. doesn't sound like KISS values freely.
0: That's right. Can you can, you can can you you continue the list with maybe three or four guitar players? You think that you just, you're not oh. gonna, even a couple.
1: I mean, I would say Maiden, Steve Harris.
0: Okay. Oh, great. Great. Sure. 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 Yeah. Let's consider guitar. We'll say guitar in this case too, you know, bass guitar.
1: This is tough. I mean, I would have said Megadeth with Marty Friedman, but that happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Um... But Steve Harris was a good one. That was a really good one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, obviously, Jimmy Page, Zeppelin.
0: Yep, that's right. No, that's good. That's fair.
1: Oh, I'm just trying to think. Uh, Dimebag Pantera.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's... And I'll say this: Glenn Tipton, Juice Priest.
0: There you go. Awesome. See? See? I challenged you and you did it.
1: <laughs> yeah. no, Maybe that's... not the best answers, but for me.
0: No, no, that's good. <laughs> you, uh, you really nailed it with Steve Harris. And and he was he the founding member? Did he physically create that band?
1: I think so. Yeah, And they all trickled in.
0: Yeah, he driving force
1: for Adrian. I forget his name off the top of my head, but.
0: He's one of the guys. Um, obviously, I liked him growing up as a bass player. Uh, loved him to death. And he's he, like people like him, uh, Billy Sheehan, Rudy Sarzo. I'm, I know. I'm just talking all bases at this moment. Um, and then we'll go over to guitar, like your, your your Jason Becker's, your Paul Gilberts, especially Paul Gilbert. He really makes you. Um, he's like the the Michael Jordan of basketball. You know, you like the sport because just because of this hero larger than life and it's not necessarily like a guitar hero kind of thing it just makes it so fun that you want to try the instrument or try the sport because of that particular person for me joe montana and football you know just made me love the sport and it's just a dude yeah it's pretty cool how we how we can gravitate to these things because of these these names these you know household names but when it comes down to it like you said they're just dudes, they're just girls, you know, and like you, you know, a lot of people look up to you as a guitar hero. You look to the next person as a guitar hero. So we're all the human beings in this world of music and that's what all it is.
1: Yeah. And it's funny with me, even when things catching my ears, sometimes it's most of the time I would say it's not even the guitar I'm hearing. It's drums or the like bass. Like I got really into thin Lizzie after hearing Phil's bass lines. And then I you know, I discovered Gary Moore and John Sykes. You mm-hmm. know, so it's built built it's like it's just I don't know, my ears kind of gravitate to other instruments before my actual instrument.
0: That's cool. So, yeah, because you're hearing the landscapes and, and you know, that's very cool. And
1: how everything's, you know, working together. Yeah. Because it's just all about guitar and a lot of people forget that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because
0: you need, you need that atmosphere out there or like a physical landscape of uh, of music. The bass has got to be joined and then, then that's when you can start to hear your guitar part and maybe start recording it. Mm-hmm. yeah awesome
1: because even my original stuff because I'm doing everything myself and it's like I'm writing all these you know guitar licks and stuff and then I'm going in to create the stems and I'm like oh what am I going to do for bass like maybe I should just re- start going the other way you know different approach and see if you know what comes out that way but I'm like oh man I got to write
0: bass
1: <laughs> you know it's like it's so hard. it's just hard to hear you know some songs you just have the pedal to them the whole time but it sounds so easy yep but I don't know. Do you play yeah, bass, bass pretty
0: good? Do you consider yourself okay on bass? Uh,
1: I'm a good Michael Anthony, I guess. Okay, there you go. <laughs> that's good <laughs> Not enough. Good Not much going on, but uh, yeah. uh, you know, I, can, I can get into a good pocket of them really feeling the bass.
0: That's good. And and as long as it gives you kind of a, a playground to take the guitar to the yeah. next level, that's all that matters. Then you can have the next bass player come in and do the overdub it, whatever. Yeah,
1: especially yeah. if you're getting bored of like a root chord or stuff. You know, you just get that root note and start moving around. You start to hear different colors. And- that's right. Modes going
0: on well listen we're gonna wrap up in about two minutes here I'm gonna let you enjoy the rest of your evening I was just gonna say uh last couple comments in the chat here uh Rob M saying uh, hi Courtney you're awesome love your playing um uh, a couple of people uh, commenting Daryl McMillan saying uh yeah the Grolsch beer bottles things like that yeah, so that's it. <laughs> yeah so there we go I learned I learned something about beer tonight uh Soda Pop um can't type on my new Chromebook Ron Paget's here love the comparison my favorite guitar is the Horace nice um quick question um if uh, so you probably mentioned probably the the Friedman pedal uh, Brian Cote saying uh, favorite distortion pedal probably the BEOD yep. yeah. Nice. yeah. Yeah. Nice.
1: Very good. I swear about that thing.
0: Good. Um, Rick Hefner is here Matt Harrison Frank Corcoran is here um, and Scott Roos says I'm, you, I'm with you Eric on the sweet picking yeah it's it's a tough one uh, work on some of uh, Paul Gilbert's stuff and just go back and don't be afraid Paul Gilbert said on, on the show that's how he became the guitar player he is he messed up everything he tried he couldn't do the Van Halen stuff hard to imagine people like yourself Courtney Paul Gilbert's the Jason Beckers at one point saying they couldn't do this and none of them could do certain things that's what made them who they are today and, and made who you are here today Right. Yeah, well,
1: even, you know, like I do some clinics and stuff, and, you know, even I, I play one of my own tracks, it's not, you know, and will get the people that are breaking it down, like, why do you hit that note, or why do you move your hand that kind of way, and it's because I couldn't do something, and yeah. I formed my own way to do it.
0: Yeah, that's right. So if,
1: I, if I could say to any upcoming player, someone starting out, do it your own way.
0: Exactly. Yep, that's right. Do it your own it's way.
1: Screen, just so you'll figure it out.
0: Jason Waits says it'd be really cool if Courtney did a lesson video on YouTube for the Trooper. She does such a great job on that song. I imagine if she had a moment of spare time, you might be able to do that, but you don't have any spare time. Uh, (laughs) uh, Let me see here. Soda popped. Uh, Does Eric get jail nocturnal when you give us kisses in the chat? No, (laughs) not at all. David Ennis is here. Hello, Eric and Nocturnal Butterfly. And I think we're just about done to the bottom of the chat. Thank you, everyone, for jumping in tonight. And uh, Courtney, as we we try to say here on the show, all we try to do on the show is just be a warm-up act for the weekend. So thank you for gracing us wish, uh your presence tonight. Some great licks as well, too. And um, I have links, obviously, to the guitar as well, so people can go check it out at Comparison. Nocturnal Butterfly has been sharing those all night long. So go follow all these links down below. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to the new record, and I'll keep in touch with you maybe as as you get closer to releasing it whenever that may be i'll drop you a line if you want to come back on and promote it we'd be happy to have you and maybe even uh give us some little snippets of it as well too
1: and for any instagrammers i always do clips of everything i'm up to at cc
0: okay perfect that's good we'll follow you there yeah, as well too
1: much everything at cc yeah I'm that's like right people. everything
0: is there the endorsements <laughs> uh the galleries there's everything there that's fantastic well, listen. I'm going to say goodbye to you off the air. Thank you once again, and from everyone over in the chat, I know they're very appreciative of you as well too. Had a good turnout tonight, and it was a really fun evening. and I hope you enjoyed yourself as well.
1: That yeah, was good. Awesome. Usually, I see this kind of thing, I'm really nervous, but yeah, it was cool. No, you, you did great. You did. I told I you. Was, I think it was the cats. I think
0: so too. I think so too. I told you after the third question, we'd be we'd be uh, doing pretty good. Yeah. Always takes a couple, you know, just just like a show, right? First couple yeah. songs, like, oh, you know, where are we going with this? This is going to be a train wreck. And I don't think, I don't think the train went too far That's off the track. To <laughs> That's yeah. perfect. Okay, That's I can say goodbye to you off the air here, everyone. Thank you so very much. We will talk to you next time. Uh, jump over on Helix Hour on Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. I've got Nick Rush on the show from South Africa. It's going to be a fun show. And everyone, we will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Hey, EVH Gear TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks, like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these free audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book there are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com shopvanhalenstore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at evhgeardiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.